Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. Congratulations to Shauna. We miss her so much. We miss our co-host, but she's been working very hard on making a human, a baby human. And Jacqueline is extremely cute. Welcome, Taylor, uh, to the Mac DevOps podcast. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well, um, as well as we can all be doing uh, in these times. But yeah, I, I really can't complain too much. I'm excited to be on here. It, it It's not the same as visiting you in Vancouver, but it's Always a pleasure to get a chance to catch up. No, it's been a long time since uh, I've been in uh, Portland. I did a, a brief stop on my way to Objective-C where me and JD went to that security conference and uh, had a brief stop in PDX. We took the long way around to get there. Um, and to the sadness, to the sad, uh, sad tears of all my friends in Portland, I couldn't visit them. And I really missed donuts and, oh yeah, and the people that live there. So. Yep, we we've been talking about that that incident, and uh, it hasn't gone forgotten. <laughs> Blue Star vegan donuts are pretty spectacular. Oh yeah, lie. you said they were outside the airport, so they're, I'm joined yeah, today by my, security. Uh, we're joined today by a donut connoisseur uh, and uh, super co-host and podcast editor JD. How are you doing, JD? <laughs> good man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Um, yeah. Despite computer troubles. Yeah, I finally uh, went to my uh, dental surgeon today to get some last stitches. They had to pull the last stitches out. I got uh, some gum surgery. So kids at home, brush your teeth. You don't want to have gum surgery where they slice some delicate skin from one place in your mouth and sew it to another place and wish you well. Um, but today was, <laughs> today was five weeks later and they got to like, and they're like, well, we have to take the sutures out. I'm like, how do you do that? And they're like, gently i'm like oh dear i get really freaked out by dentists and people stabbing me and <laughs> you know, I was like, oh yeah but uh, that's i've all never done. been a fan of the word graft that's always made graft. me squirm a little bit yeah yeah whether it's taking money or taking skin on the side right mm-hmm on the Mac DevOps podcast, we love to talk about um, open source projects and cool uh, software. Um, and we have both all in one today with uh, Taylor from Simple MDM. Taylor has been an awesome uh, supporter of Mac DevOps Conference, and Simple MDM has uh, sponsored us over the years. And we thank you so very much for that. Oh, of course. Well, welcome, Taylor, to the Mac DevOps podcast. And as JD says, I like to welcome everybody multiple times. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, <laughs> today, we're talking about Simple MDM and uh, the open source community. Um, Simple MDM has been a great supporter of the Mac DevOps conference, and thank you so much. Um, it's been really appreciated, and I liked it so much. I, you know, used the, the product myself a long time ago. Uh, it seems like uh, years now. You know, Apple has pushed us all to be using MDM to manage things, and in my case, it started off with you know whitelisting kernel extensions, and uh, then there was the uh, TCC and the privacy, and then. You know, they just keep adding and adding more things that we have to use with MDM. So um, it just uh, was natural for me to go with Simple MDM for my clients. And it's been great. And it's a great community. And I appreciate uh, all the hard work you've done into it. And of course, um, my only comment of, uh, years ago was, oh, well, you know, it would be nice if you just in, threw in Monkey too. And I don't know, Taylor sort of stared at me like, what do you mean? Why, why, why do you want Monkey too? And 
And um, I think uh, must have been a lot of people that uh, asked you to incorporate Monkey as well, uh, Taylor, because uh, that was the big first news announcement that you uh, incorporated Monkey into Simple MDM, and um, that's amazing. Tell us a little bit about that, Taylor. Yeah, so I think timing was fortunate enough that we got to announce that at Mac DevOps uh, this year, the, the virtual conference. Uh, it's always fun to have a little bit of news to share instead of just a, a vendor pitch of, hey, look at us. Uh, but yeah, you know, it. Uh, the way it came about is that, you know, MDM used to be largely an iOS story. And I think around 2013 or 14, it started slowly heating up for macOS as well. And, you know, along with that, the, the story became more about uh, instead of just configurations and profiles and, you know, that sort of thing for macOS, it became software too. And, you know, we had some vocal proponents of Monkey, um, such as yourself, that said, hey, you know, why don't you just, why don't you just throw it in? And we had a lot of <laughs> other customers who we, you know, were maybe a little less experienced in the field and they were saying, okay, you know, I know I need an MDM and I'm looking at simple MDM. And how do I install this software? How do I do this? And with the current limitations of, I guess, the, I don't know if you'd call it proper native way of deploying software th using Apple Business Manager, uh, there, there's still a, a huge gap for uh, most organizations where they're needing to install software that might not be available um, through Apple Business Manager or the volume purchase program. Um, there's also, uh, I guess, a need for more control to say, hey, I, I want to not only install this application, but I want to make sure there's a certain version. And so what we found was that in a lot of these customer conversations, we were recommending Monkey. We were saying, you know, there's this best of breed open source software solution out on the market. Uh, it's, you know, completely free of at least paying for licensing, though it will require uh, you know, quite a <laughs> bit of setup. And, and if, you, you know, if you haven't done it before, uh, it's easy to take for granted once you've done it. But if you haven't set up a monkey server before, there's, there's a lot of learning about how it actually works and, and how you want to set up your configuration and, and how you want to do it in a hopefully a secure manner. And you know, after getting beaten over the head uh, for you know, a couple of years where this experience we were, we were giving these you know, onboarding customers was saying, hey, you, if you want to do this, you really need to also go out and, and do this thing that is you know, infinitely more complicated than setting up a simple MDM account and, and configuring it. You know, we wanted to have a better answer for them. And so I think that's where it came from. Um, you know, there was, there was a plenty more uh, considerations made on our part of, of saying, you know, how are other commercial solutions solving this problem? You know, what are, uh, what seems to be working from a customer viewpoint, what isn't? And it just seemed like even MDM vendors that had their own in-house solution, a lot of their customers were going to Monkey anyway. And so we said, you know, this, this seems to be what people want. Uh, we think that we can integrate it really tightly with our platform so that it works out of the box, but we can still provide that experience that it seems that people are, are trying to get regardless of what they're given by their MDM vendor already. And that's kind of where it led to, you know, it, it started with a very basic implementation, and I, I should say that we're still in a technology preview mode, so it's not considered gold standard production ready, but we started with a very basic implementation and from user feedback and 
and just kind of the process that happens when you start sharing something with your customers. Uh, you know, it's grown in, in ways that we anticipate and didn't anticipate, and it's it's getting pretty interesting. And we're we're really looking forward to releasing it publicly, and that is probably. I, I mean, don't hold me to this, but I, I would hope within uh, maybe a month or so. Don't ever promise dates on software. <laughs> well, there's well, no date there. I mean, we, we, right. when does this get published? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the timing couldn't have been better uh, for that, uh, you know, for announcing. I mean, of course, announcing at Mac DevOps, that was super fun and exciting. And I was hoping, but I didn't really, uh, you know, have any expectations. But uh, you know, this has been an exciting year in a lot of ways uh, and a challenging year for a lot of people. And some of us were more ready for it than others. And I know that one of my larger customers, everything was in-house. Nothing was external. Everything was protected by a firewall and everything was ultra high security. And and so everything in, was inside the network, monkey, monkey report, everything. And so when finally everybody like literally ran away from the building with their computers, monkey didn't work, monkey report didn't work, but I had simple MDM. And so I suddenly had, I felt like the last person on the planet that was installing software with MDM, but I was like, how do you install software with MDM? Wow. I was so used to monkey where you can say, I want this software installed. I want not this software installed. You know, you can go super complicated or, you know, even just the basics. I want this installed. I don't want it. You know, and I was like trying to figure out how to do it with MDM. And I'm like, oh, did the software get installed? And I'm trying to talk to my users. I'm like, do you see it? Is it there? You know. And then I'm looking in the logs. I'm like, I, I think it installed. I don't know. It's like, and so you know, the pain, I was so glad that I did have a simple MDM uh, because I had my monkey repo was like on the wrong side of the firewall in the beginning. One of the things people are scared about putting either their monkey repos outside their firewall, either, you know, they're not really sure how to set up a web server. Well, you know, and they don't, not sure about security. And, you know, hopefully even inside your network, you have basic auth and you have SSL, like a TLS cert. And there's some trepidation of putting software out on the internet, especially if you have self-service scripts, or maybe, you know, you're, you're putting uh, information in those that you don't want out there so um, when i tested uh, the monkey integration in simple mdm it was it was amazing i mean the agentless mdm suddenly has an agent with its monkey and oh you want to install some software boom it's like so sometimes something as simple as awesome as simple mdm and the monkey integration is is uh it just saves a lot of time and the security story is taken care of i love that and of course the next piece is auto package right everybody asked you for oh monkey's great taylor now uh auto package <laughs> Yeah, that and that's sort of going back to what I said before, where this, I don't know if you'd call it this integration or functionality, grew in ways that I expected and ways that, that I didn't uh, personally expect. And and the ask for auto package was much stronger than I thought. Um, I think that internally, um, especially on our dev team, there was some thought that, you know, maybe this monkey integration will largely get used by those individuals that haven't already set up monkey, that aren't already comfortable with it. If you've already set up your own, then then maybe you're um, you think, well, I'd rather use mine than than switch over to something else. But uh, what we found was that there was actually a big um, interest from what I'd call the the power user end of the spectrum. So pretty quickly uh, after Mac DevOps, uh, we started working on an auto package plugin, and we got a lot of help from both the I'll call it the auto package team and the monkey team. And we were able to come up with with uh, a solution that that worked really well in the sense that uh, unlike I, I think some of the other MDM vendors or just other ways of of that Monkey can integrate, they generally need their own auto package recipes. 
we were able to uh, utilize any existing monkey recipe um, and still have it port straight over to simple MDM and have our systems understand it. So um, with the release of that plugin uh, instantly, you know, almost the full software catalog was available and, and we've been getting a lot of good feedback from that. Um, and it's, it's largely uh, been problem free. It's, it seems like power users are able to do recipe overrides and, and automatically update their software catalog and simple MDM um, just by configuring their auto package. And, and I think that your participation in the community, I mean, you're not a CEO sitting on top of a mountain. Do they have mountains in Portland? I don't know. Um, you're, not, um, you're, not, you're not in your... They didn't tell me about them if they do. <laughs> secret un- underground bunker. They have volcanoes. You know, you're not sitting on your uh, private island with your 20 best friends in isolation, enjoying, uh, you know, the, uh, a normal, uh, you know, a normal vacation. Um, you know, you go to Mac DevOps, you go to other conferences, you, you, you're on the Slack. I mean, there was some popcorn level excitement uh, on the Slack and I was uh, reading through this. I mean, you were actively engaged with, uh, you know, uh, Greg and Nick um, in the different communities. And, um, and at one point you know, there was this awesome like exchange where, uh, you know, um, I think Nick was like, just make a pull request. And then you're like, no, no, the GitHub says we're supposed to discuss it before we make a pull request. And, you know, nobody wants to make a pull request that's going to be, you know, rejected right away. So you're in the community, you're in the Slack, you're going, here's what I'm thinking about making. Here's what I'm thinking. Is this approach correct? Would you like this approach? How does this integrate with Monkey? How does this integrate with Auto Package? And I mean, the discussion was there in the open. People could contribute. Um, I mean, I think that's wonderful. And, you know, you know these people, you see them at conferences, so you're able to communicate. I mean, that's the value of conferences is being able to know people, to be able to converse in a um, friendly manner, if sometimes, you know, uh, a friendly confrontational manner, like, do this, do this, no, what about this, you know? Yeah, we definitely, uh, I, I think I remember the conversation you're talking about because it, <laughs> yeah. was, it was in the evening and all of a sudden it was past five and then it was past six and then it was past 6.30. And then I think, I think uh, Nick just pieced out and, and probably did something much better with his time. But, um, you know, Nick and Greg are, at least from my perspective, extremely capable, intelligent and, and uh, generous individuals that have made huge contributions to uh, the open source community. And you layer that on top of that, um, you know, everyone's got an opinion. And we also, you know, we're looking at uh, making an integration between essentially three different products, right? Monkey, mm-hmm. Simple MDM, and Auto Package. And uh, there's, there's an ideal uh, approach, which I think we would all agree on. And then there's uh, a pragmatic approach, which is that every project has its own growing pains and figuring out, you know, how can we build an integration that is going to serve um, the user the best, but also not give them too much rope to maybe make some really poor decisions. And we we certainly get there, but that that process I think was probably pretty entertaining. I saw a lot saw a lot of the uh, popcorn emojis <laughs> pop up, and I thought I thought we're we're cool after this, guys, right? Like Greg, I've met you in person, but uh, Nick, or are we cool? And and uh, if nothing else, I left that with with just a, a lot of respect for those guys. The bit of the conversation was like, here's a really simple piece of code, you know, you would offer. I think this solves the problem quite well. And then they're like, well, maybe do this. Or Greg is, you know, in the pragmatic approach. Well, I don't want to accept a piece of code that I either have to maintain or break something. Um, and so trying to find an approach that fit that achieves the the goal, does what we need with a simple enough piece of code that, you know, it doesn't have to get too complicated or convoluted, but also can be, uh, you know, 
protected and uh, you know uh, carried forward you know in in the future. Working with the open source community, working with these open source projects, uh, it involves a whole nother um, uh, a whole nother level, right, Taylor? How do you how do you oh, feel yeah. working with uh, with the Slack and with GitHub and a whole process? Uh, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's a change of pace and I often get involved in the engineering, uh, for that sake. You know, it's funny though, because you can have a, an hour long conversation and, uh, mull over all these different points and you end up with one, one line of code change. And, and, and that's just, I guess the story of design, right? Uh, in any discipline, you can go through this long, long, long discussion and you start out with something big and you're going to boil the ocean. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, let's just call that a sunk, sunk loss, that whole time spend. And, and let's make this one small change. Uh, you know, an, an interesting uh, aspect of it too, that, that came to mind uh, when you were just talking was about, uh, you know, regression testing. And I don't think there's a lot of tests um, in in auto package or monkey, which is fine. Um, but uh, you know, another uh, component that comes in is saying how, how are people using this project? Because regression testing is really about, you know, the existing people who are using the product in, in a reasonable manner when a new release comes out, at least a minor version, it doesn't change the behavior for them. And a lot of times, you know, it's throwing an idea up in the channel and the community's kind of chiming in and saying, yeah, that's okay. Or, or maybe Greg's saying, I don't think many people are, are using that thing at all. Uh, so it's okay to change that a little bit. It's, it's a very, um, it's a very organic process, which for me, maybe it's all my years in, in Ruby and, and not having a compiled language that I program in, but I'm sort of used to being in that uncomfortable space of, of, um, you build something and you kind of see if it, you see if it works, you keep an eye on it and, I think for you know some others that it would be absolutely terrifying, and they'd tell me I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, so I mean, you're writing this code in uh, Python to contribute to uh, Monkey and uh, Auto Package. Is that correct? Yeah, that that was Python, and and I was I was new to Python, so I I had to um, uh, one of one of our other developers over here had some experience with Python, and so he was able to kind of look over it, but I, I definitely submitted it with an asterisk and said, Hey, everyone, like, please, you know, uh, be tolerant of me. I'm, I'm trying my best here. Uh, but understandably feel free to like completely cut me down and teach me how to, how to write Python. Tell me if I'm doing something very Ruby. That's not, not kosher in this corral, but avoid the whole tabs versus spaces argument. <laughs> yeah, I do both. So uh, <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> I don't know. Just jam both keys until it looks about right. So the 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 majority of simple MDM is is through Ruby for for handling that, and and you're having to basically bolt this on, but not make it look bolted bolted on, right? Yeah. Well, this component. It it interacts with our Ruby services, you know, through a, through a web API. So it doesn't. It's it's not really messy. I'm comfortable with it, and the plugin needs to, you know, run on these machines that are already run Monkey and Auto Package. So Python's the obvious solution. We have other parts of the Simple MDM project that run on Go, that run in uh, Swift. I think we probably have some other languages in there too, besides just JavaScript. It, we really try to go with the language that makes the most sense for the domain and 
and Python is really the only reasonable choice for this domain. And how has the uh, feedback been to auto package integration? I noticed there were some issues perhaps with uh, renaming of files or files being named differently, or I don't know if I, I caught that in some of the Slack channels or Slack discussion, but um, how has the reception of the auto package integration been? It's been good. I, I think we're at a, a stable point. Uh, the auto packager project, which is run by the Lind group, they added, <clears throat> excuse me, they added the simple MDM plugin to uh, the GUI so that it's it's easier to install. And uh, we haven't we haven't heard of any issues since. So um, it seems stable. So walk us through um, the setup. You said uh, because you're using a plugin to auto package, um, you don't have to rename any of your recipes. You can just use your monkey recipes. Um, so it should be a, a simple integration then, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So so the setup is that you would download a, a single Python script and you drop it in a, a folder in uh, your monkey directory. And then when you run auto package, you put up basically two additional flags or uh, yeah, I'd say two additional flags. One flag is saying, hey, please use the uh, simple MDM plugin. And the other flag is saying, here's my API key. And then you can just list out all your monkey recipes and you press enter. And sometime later, these applications are showing up now in your simple MDM catalog and are ready for distribution with their, their icons and their binaries and package info and, and everything. And that's that's about all there is to it. Because Monkey is awesome, but the beauty of Monkey being simple is that you're feeding it all these recipes that you've set up in AutoPackage, and then you want to just step away and you know only jump back in when you have like a manual app to add if you don't have a recipe or if you have some custom self-service scripts or something. But the beauty of Monkey is is uh, definitely with the AutoPackage integration. So um, congratulations on uh, working with both those projects. Uh, this looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some magic that happens when. The monkey integration happened for us. The auto deployment out to devices worked, and then adding auto package in. It was one of those moments where we were working on it. And we went, "Hey, this is pretty cool. I, I think, I think this is is going to be really helpful for a lot of people." And so, how did you get into this uh, mass of working with the Mac admins community, uh, Taylor? Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, um, you know, as, as having an MDM that was app, Apple specific, I think it was only a matter of time, but I'll give a shout out to my man, Wesley Whetstone over at Square. And he had reached out to support, you know, a number of years ago. And I think he said something to the extent of, uh, actually, I think at the time he was, he was asking for a feature, um, that we had and sort of looking at adding anyway and had done some some work on and um we cranked it out in a couple of days and put it up and i said you know here it is and he was really impressed by that i think he thought that we were maybe someone that would just throw it on a, a roadmap and take care of it in you know quarter some quarter you know a year out and um he responded back he's like hey that's really awesome like you know are you aware of the Mackinman's slack there's a lot of people would like to chat with you on there and and uh that's how I became familiar with it and kind of that that I mean that really became I'd say one of our primary touch points for the community outside of conferences. That's awesome. It's it's definitely been a great uh, online community um and of course conferences when you meet people it gives you the confidence to ask them questions in the Slack sometimes but people are super um kind and generous with their time as you said in Slack. Mm -hmm. There's there's a really nice, I'm not sure what word I would use for it, but 
Um, the environment that's promoted in the Slack is is really outstanding, and and all of the the moderators and and all the participants in the Slack have done a really good job of of embodying you know kind of a core set of, of values and rules of openness and friendliness and acceptance and you know I've seen I've seen very few incidents that where I thought oh, that wasn't a great interaction and and um, that's an accomplishment you know there this that community does not exist for every industry at all and it, it makes it a, a lot more enjoyable to be a part of when it does so you talked about uh, being agile and and uh, being able to add features uh, not quarters down the road, but uh, you know within a short time period. How how is it zigging and zagging as Apple changes the MDM? It's you know it's just um, it's just been a fact of life for so long that uh, <laughs> you know I, yeah, I don't really have, have Stockholm any syndrome. <laughs> yeah, like what's that? There's that essay like. Uh, what is water or something? It's just, you know, it's, it's like the air around you. You don't think about it anymore. Um, and I'm not trying to be too dramatic about it, but I think that it's a challenging uh, industry that we're in. And while that can be a pain at times, it also um, is an opportunity. And for us being an MDM that can stay on top of, of changes or, or issues with, with the ecosystem, um, or new new customer demands uh, allows us to highlight our ability to execute. I think that if we were in some other space, like let's say um, like a calendar invite uh, SaaS or something like that, where you have complete control over you know email delivery. Well, actually, that's a horrible example, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know th- there's other spaces where there's maybe less volatility, and mm-hmm. I think that that the competition is. You know, it's easier to be competitive in it. Whereas in our industry, you really got to stay on top of it. And uh, if you have a a big security mistake, or maybe Apple makes a change and you don't respond soon enough, then um, it's going it's going to hurt you. So mm-hmm. um, I I don't really have you know it doesn't benefit us as an organization to uh, complain about the reality. Um, we just try to try to get to work on it. You know. Right, because that MDM spec has has grown quite exponentially over over the last couple of years as as the Mac platform has come into it, and and we've seen more MCX move into MDM. Yep, yeah, and the spec increases are generally not too much of a problem. You know, like Bootstrap tokens were added in the last two years, and and some new functionality like that, which can take some discovery. But really, where where the work is is the edge cases. It's okay if a device does this and then this and then this, it gets in this really ugly state that's barely recoverable. What's what are our mechanisms to solve that problem? So, you know, when you look at our MDM or, you know, probably many many of the MDMs in this case, but you might see a pretty uh, what looks like a pretty primitive feature. It's, you know, some drop-down box with two options and you click okay. The amount of logic that's behind that to to make that function reliably uh, may may be much more than you would expect right right I'm, i mean there's a mechanism where people can make feature requests to simple mdm and i, I remember a recent uh, announcement where a, a feature request became a reality and it was like you can do x and y feature through the api and then i was like oh can we do that in the gui and you're like that would be another feature request matt <laughs> 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 like, like was, give me give me my twenty minutes to shine here. You know? 
And I was like, hmm, tell me more about this API. I actually have not used the API, though I know a bunch of other people are using it successfully and happily. Um, how do people work with the API? You know, it, it varies. Uh, we have some customers that um, maybe it's easiest to, to give a few case, case study examples. One is a customer who designs uh, mobile applications. It's actually a very, very, very large business um, that we've all heard of. Um, but they have, I don't know, probably 40 or 50, 50 different mobile apps that uh, they offer. And when their developers are working on these mobile apps or UX UI is involved, um, they need to be constantly cranking out builds and they want to see it on the actual end device. So they use our API to basically, you know, I think at the end of their Xcode build, they push up a binary to simple MDM through the API and automatically deploy it to whatever test devices they want to. And so they have this really cool workflow where just from within Xcode, they can click build and, you know, sometime later they can walk over to their iPad or iPhone test unit and, and see the latest build up and running. We have other examples of customers who are just wanting to keep better track of inventory in their own inventory software. And so they're exporting data at some regular cadence. It really varies. Um, I, I think the feature request you're talking about was the ability to assign individual profiles, or I should say profiles directly to individual devices. Right. Traditionally in simple it... MDM, it's you kind of create like a, a group, like a template, and then you assign a device to it and it gets it gets, you know, maybe 40 profiles or how many profiles. Uh, this request was was more of uh, a company who had their own logic on how they wanted different profiles assigned to different devices, and they wanted an API call where they could say, "Hey, I want profile, you know, these forty profiles assigned to this device, but the second device, I want some different combination." Um, so to get that kind of granularity, they wanted to use the API and and be able to do that uh, without having to go into the UI. So yeah, it, it really varies. It's sort of, you know, how do you use a Swiss army knife? It just depends upon what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, when they talk about software and testing and you talk about a user story and what, how are my users going to use my software? But simple MDM is definitely a Swiss army knife for a simple MDM. There's a lot of different use cases, a lot of different ways to use it. Mm -hmm. You're, uh, you're uh, balancing on a fine, uh, thin wire <laughs> trying to figure out how to make it work for everybody. Um, how do you do your testing? Do you have a lot of physical devices or are you testing in VMs or everything? Yeah, it depends upon what it is. Almost, I mean, we have a lot of automated testing that's running every time we do a build, sometimes before we do a build. Uh, that's largely for regression testing uh, to make sure that this you know new functionality we added over at this far end of the app isn't breaking you know, some feature that we haven't thought about for four years at the other end of the app. But it, it's also, you know, if we come up with a new feature, we normally have a specification that we've built and we've built a test around that to make sure that it it's fulfilling that specification. We we do a lot of just, you know, kind of, I don't know, old fashioned testing where we get it up and running and we click around and that's part of our deployment uh, schedule too. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a little over the place. I mean, there's a, there's a whole suite of of security tests too and some of those run Every time we do a build, some run, you know, every three or six months and lots of testing. And I think as, as we become more and more mature, we're just adding more and more layers of testing to 
kind of cover our bases because the project gets large enough. You can't really keep it in your, one person can't keep it in their head reliably any longer. Right. You got the world on your uh, shoulders. Uh, Everybody's depending on you, Taylor. No stress. No stress. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, talking about this got me thinking about uh, actually a a new feature that we're going to be releasing maybe within a week, let's say a week, whenever this podcast comes out, um, <laughs> that is for the the monkey, you know, technology preview group, but it will uh, actually be called shared apps. And it's going to be a way that customers can automatically deploy software that's not in the app store, like Firefox or Chrome or kind of the Zoom, you know, the common go-to applications uh, to their fleet and make sure that that software is kept updated, almost like they're, you know, they've set up auto package for themselves. And and our hope there is that uh, a certain grouping of customers that would otherwise have to set up auto package will not have to do that now and can just rely on, on us to manage that for them. And uh, the reason I bring that up other than to, to share it is that uh, the testing process for that has obviously been a it's been a combination of automated testing, but a lot of just, you know, let's get this going to a VM and let's see if we can break it. Let's, you know, toggle the setting back and forth and back and forth and take the device offline and and do whatever we can do that, you know, will inevitably happen in the real world so that hopefully it doesn't happen uh, once we release it. What's the risk involved in, in basically being responsible for a handful of, of apps that aren't really yours? that you're deploying? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very good question. There's, there's a few different, I guess, vectors there. You know, one is we need to make sure that, you know, the software that we're sharing is somehow from, from the actual developer isn't, you know, injecting spyware or has some horrible bug in it. And, you know, to some extent that's mitigated by selecting, you know, packages that are from larger developers like Mozilla or Google. That's it's less likely it's going to happen to them than maybe someone small. However, it could still happen and you know, I think there's also a consideration of you know, what is what is our liability and what is just sort of the liability of you're running a computer that relies on an ecosystem of software. Um, right. You know, there's there are other considerations though that if you know we have automated tooling that is getting this software and and sharing it, how do we make that as robust as possible so that someone couldn't interfere in that path and maybe inject something? So it's an outstanding question, and it's something we've thought a lot about. And there's some sort of balance there between that. Yes, this does open up a little more risk. But with that comes a lot of functionality. And at the end of the day, this is something that a customer can choose to use or not use. And it's our responsibility to make it as safe as they would expect it to be. Are you using uh, auto package and trusting those recipes? You know, There may be some auto package usage. <laughs> I want to avoid those supply chain attacks uh, that has happened to various other products uh, in the open source world getting their uh, web servers or build servers hacked. Um, it, it is possible. So verifying yep. the, the, the trust chain um, that the software is known and good. And um, yeah, it's been tackled by Absolutely. a few projects. <laughs> yep, that, that functionality exists in auto package for a reason. But you know, the, the nice thing about being a, a SaaS provider instead of say a company where we build a binary and we ship it down is that 
we do have the flexibility to make a lot of behind the scenes changes and, and improvements as we go. We've, we've often started with one implementation or leveraged an open source project and gra- gradually become more in-house um, with how we run it as our requirements become more clear or we, we have ones that aren't fulfilled by the software we're using. So it can, it can be a bit of a, not a moving target, but a, a, a morphing way that we solve a problem. When do you think uh, you'll be comfortable with um, the monkey and auto package integration um, and to take it out of the technology preview? What 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 needs to happen? Uh, largely, just uh, I, I think right now we are pretty comfortable with it. There need to be some controls in place so that unsuspecting customers aren't all of a sudden in monkey land <laughs> without <laughs> expecting it. So. I have this thing on my, <laughs> I've got malware on my computer, this monkey, this managed software center. <laughs> yeah. Or, or why did, you know, why did the, you know, header in our managed software center change to simple MDM and what happened to our internal company catalog? Um, uh, you can only yes. have one monkey instance on a machine. So within reason. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I think there's some niceties and some considerations we need to put in place so that when someone wants to use monkey they're they're making it very clear through the ui that they want that and not accidentally deploying it i would also like to see how this uh, shared app functionality does in the technology preview and make sure that it's stable and meets kind of our level of experience that we want for our customers before pushing it out and giving it our stamp of approval how do people sign up for the technology preview taylor Thank you, Matt. I owe you $5 for that lead-in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you can go to our website, and there's information there. Uh, shorthand is you could also contact support and say, hey, I'd like to try out Monkey, and, and we'll get it enabled for your account. So if you're uh, Google searching that, uh, make sure you click on the second link, not the ad that someone has put in the search engine optimization. <laughs> it's probably it. not for us either. Our, no, it's our, for someone else. But <laughs> Our competitors love to uh, advertise under our name, and it's like, oh, all right, man, whatever. We will put a link in the show notes. Thank you so much, Taylor, for taking the time um, to hang out with us. And um, we look forward to seeing you again at Mac DevOps in Vancouver. And if by chance we can't do it again in person, which <laughs> I don't want to like jinx it, but uh, we might have to do another virtual Mac DevOps. And I hope that uh, you'll be a part of that again. Um, we can get the community together. Um, the, the Discord server that we have uh, worked really well, I thought, for engaging people in conversation. How did you find it as a vendor at the Mac DevOps on the Discord server? You know, no, nothing will compare to hanging out in Vancouver and and no. getting FaceTime with everyone. But I was very impressed. I, I felt like the level of video production and and the experience through you know through the Discord server and all of that. I really felt like you could leave that and be a consultant for other conferences. And you were you were really right at the forefront of this. So right when things started becoming obvious yeah. that we weren't going to be meeting in person. So I was I was very, very impressed. I, you know, thank you for doing such a great job and making it as good as it could have been. We definitely uh, uh, worked really, really, really hard to do live talks and to have a live server with live community discussion. I mean, as much as I love all the other conferences, posting videos and creating community. I, I, I do absolutely love it. And I think it's great to have 
speakers posting up videos and that's amazing but you know and it does take a lot of work to put a live conference on but it, it, i thought it was worth it it was it was really neat to have everybody and people work together for a few hours and um and we like that yep how do we find you on the internets oh yeah um social stuff uh, so on slack i'm taylor boyko b-o-y-k-o hang out in the simple mdm channel a lot email taylor at simple mdm.com i we have a we have a company twitter account but um, i'm not on there very often so i would say hit me up on slack or email and um happy to chat thank you so much for being generous with your time um we really appreciate it and uh thank you so much for supporting mac devops uh being part of the community and of course integrating monkey and auto package and working with the open source community and not giving up oh you bet thanks for having me on the podcast if you want to sponsor the mac devops podcast uh just give us a shout at hello at mdoyvr.com we'll be accepting sponsorships for the podcast and for the next year's conference thank you to our mac devops yvr 2020 sponsors our sponsors for mac devops yvr the conference 2020 Mac Stadium, our platinum sponsor, thank you so much for helping us out. Sauce Labs, our gold sponsor. Simple MDM, our silver sponsor. And Adigy, our bronze sponsor, as well as Elastic, our community sponsor. Thank you so much. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests, and thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by J.D. Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. My kids are like, what are you listening to? You're listening to yourself on the podcast. Why are you listening to yourself? I'm like, I have to hear how it ends. JD always puts the most embarrassing thing about me at the end of the podcast. <laughs>